0: Good morning, happy Sabbath, and welcome to another edition of Eyes on Prophecy here on the WSLM Radio Ministry Podcast. This is Pastor Vince with you, and we're back for another meeting to study God's Word concerning Bible prophecy. We are still in this lesson called Right on Time, uh, Prophetic Appointments Revealed, and we're almost done, friend. Um, I thought maybe we'd complete this lesson this week, but as I go through the lesson and the material for this week um, and beyond, it looks like we're going to need one more week after today to complete this lesson. And as I've said before, I don't want to rush through this material. Um, I was hoping to get everything wrapped up this week, but we're going to go into a little bit more material today, and then looks like we're going to come back together next Sabbath one more time by God's grace to wrap up this particular lesson called right on time. So for today, I'm not going to spend any time to get into a review of last week like I had been doing. I'm just going to just jump right into the material after we pray. We're going to jump right into the material for today. And then, like I said, by God's grace, we'll come back together next week and wrap up this particular lesson. All right. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll move forward with today's material. Loving Father, thank you so much that we had this time once again to come together to study your word concerning Bible prophecy. Please uh, prepare our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us today. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, go ahead and uh, grab your Bible if you will. As always, always have your Bible ready when we start our lesson material, and then we'll get right into it. So I'll give you a quick moment to uh, to grab your Bible if you haven't already done so. And uh, like I said, we'll jump right in with today's material. I'll give you a quick minute. All right, friend, um, I'm going to assume that your Bible wasn't too far away from you. You were able to just to reach out and grab it and uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, today we're going to take a look at a at a term that you may have heard before, maybe didn't quite understand what it means, but we're going to break it down a little bit for you today. And that, and that word is atonement, atonement, atonement. Uh, you may have heard of the Day of Atonement. We've discussed the Day of Atonement here uh, before. And uh, so we're going to take a closer look at the word atonement. And the word atonement is an English word and, and it originally meant at one meant at one mint. so if you break down the word atonement you look at it it's at one mint, and that means it's a state of being at one or in agreement again it's a state of at one or being in agreement it denotes harmony of relationship a perfect harmony originally existed throughout the universe then lucifer who eventually became satan uh, a powerful angel uh, challenged God and His principles of government, and if you if you recall from the Word that a third of the angels joined Lucifer's rebellion, you can just go back and read that in Revelation chapter twelve, verses three and four, as well as verses three. Um, I'm sorry, three and four, as well as verses seven through nine. Now, this rebellion against God and His loving principles is called iniquity or sin. Iniquity is called iniquity or sin in the Bible, according to Isaiah 53 and 6, as well as 1 John 3 and 4. So it brings heartache, confusion, chaos, tragedy, uh, disappointment, sorrow, betrayal, and evil of every kind. And worst of all, its penalty is death, according to Romans 6 and 23, from which there is no resurrection. In the lake of fire, according to uh, Revelation 21 and 8. So sin spreads faster and is more lethal than the most deadly type of cancer. It put the entire universe in jeopardy. We know that um, Satan was kicked out of heaven, or I should say uh, Lucifer was kicked out of heaven and uh, became Satan and so forth and so on. So God cast Lucifer and his angels out of heaven. Again, he was then known Lucifer. He was kicked out of heaven. And his angels, according to uh, Revelation 12, verses 7 through through 9. And Lucifer received a new name, which became Satan, which means adversary. Satan means adversary. His fallen angels are now called demons. Satan seduced Adam and Eve, and sin came upon all humans. We know the story. Uh, we know that Satan spoke through the serpent and so forth and so on, all right? So Satan seduced Adam and Eve and sin came upon all humans. Man, what a tragedy. What a horrible tragedy. The devastating conflict between good and evil had spread to the earth and evil appeared to be winning. And the situation seemed hopeless, it did. Um, But no, but no. Jesus, God's son, a deity himself, agreed to sacrifice his own life to pay the penalty for every sinner according to 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. So by accepting his sacrifice, sinners would thus be freed from the guilt and chains of sin, according to Romans 3 and 25. You know, we're going through our Bibles here. These lessons, these, um, you know, these topics that we cover are coming right out of the Bible, supported by the Bible. That's why I always say please have your Bibles with you so you can jot down and look up these, these verses as I give them to you. So... This glorious plan also included Jesus entering a person's heart when invited. That's according to Revelation 3 and 20 and changing him or her to a new person. According to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it was provided to resist Satan and to restore every converted person to the image of God in which all people were created. According to Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27, and Romans 8 and 29. So we're talking about Essentially, we're talking about the plan of of salvation. God's plan of salvation is to restore everyone back to his image or the original image that we were created in, the image of God, an image of sinlessness, holiness, righteousness, before sin entered the world. So we're uh, we're still talking about atonement or at one mint, if you break it down, at one mint. This blessed atonement offer includes a plan to isolate sin and destroy it, including Satan, his fallen angels, and all who join him in rebellion. You can read that in Matthew 25 and 41 and Revelation 21 and 8. Furthermore, furthermore the, full, uh, the full truth regarding Jesus and his loving government and Satan and his diabolical dictatorship will be taken to every person on earth so everyone can make an intelligent informed decision to align either with Christ or or, or Satan yeah there's going to come a time we're going to have to make a choice either we're on Christ's side or on Satan's side so you want to read Matthew 24 and 14 Revelation 14, 6, and 7. I hope hope you're jotting these verses down. It's very important to have these as a reference. So the case of every person will be examined in the heavenly courtroom, according to Romans 14, verses 10 through 12. And God will honor the choice of every individual to serve either Christ or Satan, according to Revelation 22, verses 11 and 12. And finally, After eradicating sin, after wiping sin off the face of the earth forever, God's plan is to create new heavens and a new earth. Amen. According to 2 Peter 3 and 13, Isaiah 65 and 17, where sin will never rise again, according to Nahum 1 and 9, and give this new earth to his people as their home throughout eternity, according to Revelation 21, 1 through 5. The Father and Son will then dwell with their people in perfect joy and harmony forever. That's the plan of salvation in a nutshell. To restore the earth, to restore God's people back to the image of God, the image that we were originally created in, once again, before sin entered the world. Again, the Father and Son will then dwell with their people in perfect joy and harmony forever because sin has been eradicated. It's been wiped off to face the earth. It's been replaced by new heavens, new earth. You can read all that in the Bible. You can look at those verses uh, that I just shared with you. So all of this is included in the atonement or the atonement. All of this is included in the atonement. God has informed us of in it his word And demonstrated it in Old Testament Sanctuary Services. So that's why it's important to understand the Sanctuary Service and how the Sanctuary Service, as we've already gone over in a past lesson called God Drew the Plans. We went over the Sanctuary Service and how that ties into the plan of salvation. So once again, God has informed us of it in his word. and and demonstrated it in the Old Testament sanctuary services, especially the Day of Atonement. We we talked about the Day of Atonement. This is why I've been saying, please go back and listen to the previous lessons, the previous episodes, where we have covered uh, much of this. And that's why, um, having gone through those previous lessons, what I'm talking about at this moment should make more sense to you. So Jesus is the key to this at one or atonement. His loving sacrifice for us makes it all possible. Getting rid of sin in our lives and in the universe is possible only through Him, friend. According to Acts 4 and 12. No wonder heaven's three-point final message to the world calls upon all to worship him. It calls upon it calls upon all of us to worship him. According to Revelation 14, 6-12 through 12, and we're talking about the three angels messages we're talking about the three angels messages the three point final message to the world calls upon all of us to worship him again you can find the three angels messages in God's word in Revelation 14 6-12 through 12. so in a nutshell that is our look at the atonement or if you break it down at one meant, which, again, it means uh, a state of being at one or in agreement. Next, we're going to take a look at our next question. And uh, we're almost done with this lesson, so we might get it done today. Let's see. Let's see. If not, we got one more week to come together and get this done. So our next question. Why do some Bible interpreters detach the last week or seven years of the 490 years allotted to the Jewish nation, and apply it to the Antichrist's work at the end of Earth's history. Why do some Bible interpreters detach the last week, or seven years? Because remember the day-for-year principle. Um, or seven years of the seven of the 490 years allotted to the Jewish nation, and apply it to the Antichrist's work at the end of the Earth's history. So let's take a look at some facts. Matter of fact, let's review some facts, some facts that we've already uh, gone over. So now we're going to review them at this point as, as they relate to the question I just uh, shared with us. First of all, there is no warrant or evidence for inserting a gap between any of the years of the 490-year prophecy. It is continuous, as were the seven years of exile for God's people mentioned in Daniel 9 and 2. Second of all, never in scripture is is a number of time units, days, weeks, months, years, anything other than continuous. Thus, the burden of proof is on those who claim that any part of any time prophecy should be detached and counted later. Thirdly, A.D. 27, which was the year of Jesus' baptism, was the starting date for the last seven years of the prophecy which Jesus emphasized by preaching immediately, quoting, or quote, the time is fulfilled. Jesus said the time is fulfilled, according to Mark 1 and 15. Next, fourthly, at the moment of his death in the spring of AD 31, Jesus cried out, it is finished, according to John 19 and 30. The Savior here was clearly referring to the predictions of his death that were made in Daniel chapter 9. Again, I hope hopefully by now you've read Daniel 7, 8, and 9. I've, I've explained in uh, previous episodes and our previous meetings why it's important to have read the entireties of Daniel 7, 8, and 9. So again, the Savior here was clearly referring to the predictions of his death made in Daniel chapter 9, that one... A Messiah would be cut off in verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 26. He would bring an end to sacrifice and suffering, according to verse 27, dying as the true Lamb of God, according to 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7, as well as 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. He would make reconciliation for iniquity, according to verse 24. And he would die in the middle of the week, according to verse 27. So there's simply no biblical reason to detach the last seven years, a prophetic week. We know the day for year principle. Um, so there's no, there's simply no biblical reason to detach the last seven years, a prophetic week of the 490 years. Indeed, detaching the last seven years from the 490 year prophecy, um, so distorts the true meaning of many prophecies in the books of Daniel and Revelation that people cannot correctly understand them. Even worse, the seven-year gap theory is leading people astray. The seven-year gap theory is leading people astray. And friend, that wraps up our lesson. That wraps up all the questions we've just gone through, all the questions. Well, I should say just about all the questions. There's one more question that I need to share with you in just a moment. But we've pretty much covered the bulk of this lesson. And now we're just, you know, we're concluding this lesson. Um, I have one more question to ask you. And um, uh, this is a question that only you can answer. Uh, There's no correct answer from my end, from our end. This is for you to answer. It's between you and God. And that question is, Jesus' atoning sacrifice was made for you. Will you invite him into your life to cleanse you from sin and make you a new person? Again, will you invite him into your life to cleanse you from sin and make you a new person? I pray that your answer is yes, but again, that is between you and God. I've said many times that it's important for us to get victory over sin We have to invite Jesus into our hearts, allowing the Holy Spirit to um, help us to get victory over sin. Because as I've said many times on this podcast, sin will have no place in heaven. So again, the question is, will you invite him into your life to cleanse you from sin and make you a new person? Jesus' atoning sacrifice was made for you. It was made for me. So I'm going to let you As they say, I'm going to let you marinate on that question. And I pray that you will invite him, that you invite Jesus into your life to cleanse you from sin and make you a new person. So that's the last question I want to leave with you. So um, uh, wrapping up this lesson, um, there's just some questions that many of you may have. We'll just look at a few of them and we'll just look at what the answer says or or what the answer is from the Bible. Uh, We talked about the little horn. Uh, We said that a little horn power appears in both uh, Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 8. Are they the same? So this is the question. A little horn power appears in both Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 8. The question is, are they the same power? Are they the same power? The answer is that the little horn power of Daniel 7, which we talked about, symbolizes the papacy. The little horn power of Daniel 8 symbolizes both pagan and papal Rome. I'll say that again. And uh, for many of you, this is a review because we discussed this already in uh, previous lessons. But for for others of you, this may be the first time you're hearing this. But when you go back, if you haven't done so already, when you go back and read Daniel uh, Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 8, this may make more sense to you. So again, um, the little horn power of Daniel 7 symbolizes the papacy. The little horn power of Daniel 8 symbolizes both pagan and papal Rome. So that's that question with its answer. The next question, the 2,300 days of Daniel 8 and 14, translated literally from the Hebrew reads, 2,300 evenings and mornings. Does this mean 1,150 days? As some contend, the answer is no. The Bible shows in Genesis 1 verse 5, 8, 13, 19, 23, and 31, that an evening and a morning equal a day. Moreover, there was no event in history at the end of 1,150 days that would fulfill this prophecy. So let me just touch on the evening and the morning. I just gave you uh, the reference um, from Genesis 1, 5, 8, 13, 19, 23, and 21. I'm sorry, 23 and 31. Uh, we're looking at the uh, creation story. Um, you know, when God, uh, you know, six days of creation, uh, six six literal days of creation, as as many people are debating about, well, was it six actual days? Was it a 24-hour period? Da, 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 da. But the Bible says that an evening and a morning equal a day. So it was later that man... Uh, change the calendar uh, so forth and so on that's for another lesson that's for another time but many of you may have heard of the Gregorian calendar I won't get any deeper into that but I'll just throw that out there the Gregorian calendar basically man changed the calendar um, and that's why many of us even still today are taught that each new day begins at midnight when we celebrate New Year's day, the new year, or any day, we don't celebrate until midnight, right? You know, the ball drops, whatever, at midnight. But biblically, each new day starts at sunset. When the sun sets, that's the end of one day and the start of the next day. On our Facebook page for Sacrificial Lamb Ministries, um, some time ago I posted, as I usually do, Happy Sabbath. And it was, you know, at sunset. It was at sunset Friday, which was really um, Sabbath or Saturday. It was the start of Sabbath or Saturday. But it was Friday evening. And um, someone reached out and said, oh, you know, why are you celebrating Sabbath so early? It's Friday evening. Well, I had to explain to that person about what I just shared with you, as I just shared with you, that, you know, the Bible says each new day, you know, begins at sunset, Um, One day ends, the next day begins, and so forth and so on, according to the Bible. An evening and a morning equal a day. So um, that's the answer to that question that we um, just looked at. And let me find one more question that we can go over as we wrap up this lesson today. Um, Okay. What part does each? What part does choice play in a Christian's life? Oh, this is this is an important one as well. What part does choice play in a Christian's life? The answer: Our choice plays a major part. God's way has always been freedom to choose. God has made us with the freedom to choose. We know that, according to Joshua twenty-four and fifteen, though He wants to save every person, according to 1 Timothy two, three, and four. He permits free choice, according to Deuteronomy 30 and 19. You recall that God permitted Satan to choose to rebel. He also permitted Adam and Eve to choose disobedience. Righteousness righteousness is never a locked-in, programmed provision that takes a person to heaven no matter how he lives. And even if he doesn't want to go, choice means you are always free to change your mind. Jesus asks you to choose him, according to Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, and to reaffirm your choice daily, according to Joshua 24 and 15. When you do, he will change you and make you like him, and eventually take you into his new kingdom. But please remember, friend, you are always free to turn and go another direction at any time. God is not going to force you. Therefore, your daily choice to serve him is imperative. So at the end of the day... Again, we have the freedom to choose, you know, you know, to choose God or not. He's given us that free choice. He's made us with free choice, but we have to be, um, you know, we, you know, we just have to know that whatever we choose, that's going to be, you know, that's going to mean our eternity. We can choose to either spend eternity with God in heaven, or not. But the point is, it's our choice. God is not going to force Himself on us, as we know. God doesn't force himself on us. We have the choice to accept him into our lives, to change us from the inside out, or we could choose not to let him into our lives. So my prayer for each and every one of us is that when God is knocking at the door, that we will let him into our lives, allow him to change us from the inside out. Let us pray. Loving Father, thank you so much for this time we had together. Thank you for helping us to uh, to finish this lesson today. Thank you for everything you've taught us through this particular lesson. And may we continue to study your word even beyond this meeting. The study, the learning does not stop just because we completed this lesson together. Help us to study on our own, to continue to seek your face, to continue to better understand your word uh, based on Bible prophecy, based on everything that you have to teach us from your word please bring us back together next time for another meeting of eyes on prophecy this is our prayer in jesus name amen friend that is going to wrap up our lesson today i wasn't sure if we were going to get it all done in this episode but we did praise god now you have time to go back to get caught up to read daniel 7 8 9 to listen to the previous episodes as we go through the previous lessons, because we're building, these are building blocks, friend. The next lesson is gonna be built on what we've covered up to this point. And just a recap of what we've covered so far, I mean, the lessons that we've covered so far up to this point, we had um, Who's the Antichrist? Angel messages from space, God drew the plans. We just completed right on time, so up to now we've completed four lessons. The next lesson, which we will start in two weeks, because let me just mention that next week we're going to be taking Sabbath off. We will not come together next Sabbath. We will come together the following Sabbath. So we're taking next week off and we'll come back the following week. So between now and then, you'll have time to, as i said, to go back and read uh, or to go and read Daniel seven, eight, nine, to get caught up. Uh, listening to the previous episodes as we went through these previous lessons that i just named that way when we get into our 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 brand new lesson in two weeks you'll be ready and uh, you'll be caught up and things should make more sense to you because you will have read and studied everything before we get into our next lesson our next lesson is called the final judgment the final judgment that's what we're going to get into in two weeks so until then friend I pray that you will continue to study on your own. I pray that you won't just, you know, toss this material aside and just, you know, wait until two weeks when we start our next lesson and try to get caught up then. You have some time now between now and then. So essentially you have two weeks to, uh, to get caught up on what we've covered so far. And that way you'll be ready to study together with this lesson called the final judgment so friend thank you so much for joining me on this sabbath this beautiful sabbath on uh, january 20th 2024 for eyes on prophecy this is past events please continue to study diligently study to show thyself approved under god a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth until god brings us back together in two weeks by his grace be blessed stay safe and take care